When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This, this, this is Jolly Rogers and Touchdown with Casey Hudson and Kaylee Mizell. You can start that on a jolly note. Let's yeah. start with that. So the jolly note being that the Bucks opened up against the Bengals, who were 9-4 and four at the time. We consider mm-hmm. them to be a team that could almost steamroll this Bucks. Yeah. And that wasn't the case. No. For starters, they had one of the strongest first halves that they've had all season long. Yes. I think here's the thing. There were two different tone setters, but it set two completely different tones. So while we typically start with offense versus Bengals defense and kind of flip flop from there, I feel like we have to kind of just open up in terms of the tone of the game and the mini tone Mm -hmm. changes. Yeah, I think that. No, I think you're right, because we've talked about it before. Momentum, Mm -hmm. it's real and it can have an impact in the game. And we've seen with this team, sometimes good things happen and then that snowball keeps rolling. But sometimes for this team, bad things have happened and then that snowball keeps rolling. So Casey, I love I love the kind of shifting because it did. It, it's like highs mm-hmm. and lows, shifting gears, what happened. So mm-hmm. let's start with some of the momentum swings and some of the tone changes in, in this game for sure. Absolutely. So we've got uh, 12 minutes and 26 seconds on the clock in the first quarter. It's so fun to, to go between quarter and period and make sure I'm getting it right in this life. <laughs> uh, <laughs> guys, and it's Carlin Davis that comes up with an interception. So it's not like he stepped in the passing lane and made this like obscene interception. But still, this team, we've been asking for turnovers. A turnover was finally granted to us in this holiday season, and it was it was CD3 that got it. Uh, I'm glad that it was him because he's such a driving force for this team. He really does go out there and put it all on the field. And it was time for somebody to collect back there. And I'm yeah. glad that, you know, the typical name that we keep throwing out in the mix there. But Carlton Davis gets this interception, and it helps generate, you know, this momentum, this positive momentum initially. Um, oh, everybody had a great game like in and of himself too Casey like I know we'll get more into like our standout players and whatnot but just like yeah definitely like love to see that from him and shout out to him for just like yeah like that's fiery starting off a game like that that gets your emotions right into it and to do it against a team that it has a great record that's on the yep. winning trajectory that's starting to formulate and put the pieces together to be, I don't know, potentially another Super Bowl team or at least strong playoff run. So yeah. that's what made that momentum swing even stronger. Here's the problem. Mm-hmm. Bucks get the ball. They're driving. They're starting to do some things that fans and, and, uh, and media have been asking for, for mm-hmm. weeks now, you know, you see some great things out of Mike Evans. You see some big things out of Chris Godwin. You see a guy named Kate Otten for a hot second. And they get into the red zone and decide to go for a field goal rather than they, they decide to collect three points versus um, taking the risk to go for seven. Yeah. And there was a lot of issues with that via Twitter and, you know, 
processing this game after that because if you would have taken the risk versus the potential reward that you would have gotten at that point, they would have extended their lead enough to maybe stay in it. I don't know. I'm not saying that they would have. I'm just saying the thought process that goes around this. Um, well, it kind of, I mean, again, in talking about tone and momentum, mm-hmm. there's a little bit of momentum that is killed right there when that happens. When the play call yeah. is, yeah, let's kick a field goal. It's like, oh, we just did this amazing thing. We just drove down the field. We just were here. Like, let's. Maybe go for like, it. It's enough in the game to see if this will pay off. Or I wonder if yeah. sometimes you don't realize that like taking those risks in games would kind of maybe lessen the blow of a loss at the end. Maybe. Yeah. No, you know? I think it, I think it would. I mean, like, let's see. They're third and three. They get one yard. So they're at four, fourth and second. And they actually on fourth downs. This Bucks team has actually converted. Like they have a pretty mm-hmm. strong percentage on fourth down conversions. But they uh, to take that risk. So, yeah, I just, I think that sets, an, that is another tone setter. And it kind of plays into some of the questions that we've had over the last few weeks, which is like, how confident is this coaching staff in the offense? Right. Do they believe in the offense? Is that why the play calling or some of the moves that we're seeing are a little more conservative that they're not, that they're waiting until the end of the game to, you know, do anything that is risky. You know, I mean, I, I think football is a sport where like, yeah, you have to take risks, but a lot of like, if you take a calculated risk, then a lot of times it can pay off perfect word a calculated risk and that's what I mean by the timing of the game whether or not that would have been worthwhile because when you look at this game and how many fourth downs they decided to go for you know they went for three they converted two out of three at 67 percent yet you did that later on in the game you didn't do that game where this team's like all right we can get that back so calculated risk I think is the most imperative thing there because they're choosing to take risk at these weird times during the game or always trying to pull it out of their pocket last minute and it's like the clock's gonna beat you which in which overall makes you beat yourself if you would take these risks early on you at least have time to get back in a game that they, they yeah. were pulling I think part. that's the hard part is like whenever you compare what they did here mm-hmm. and then you look at like the fake punt later in the game you're like you didn't you wouldn't have had to do that and it was a botched fake punt for multiple reasons yeah but it's like it, it this is to me it starts here this sets a little bit of a tone of take the easy points we're not going to push um yeah it's just it's just a little too conservative for i think what the bucks can do We've mm-hmm. seen them be able to drive. Um, and I don't want to like be talking out of the both sides of my mouth. Like I, I I do think that there is a reality of like win the game, but I think sometimes taking a calculated risk will help you win the game. Right. Um, so, but I think a lot of times what I've said is like, they, they have been overly conservative. They have, they haven't gone for it on, on times when I think that they should have. Um, yeah. And I think that that, has cost them a game, multiple games this season. I think that's cost them significantly. And I'm, I'm pretty sure the players and coaches are 
fully aware of that. Um, Cause as we mentioned in this first half, the bucks were finally in control. Uh, yeah. They haven't been able to string together four quarters of football this entire season. Everyone's fully aware of that. I just think that in terms of going back to that momentum conversation, they didn't capitalize off of the momentum that Carlton Davis established in the top of the game. Uh, they go for the field goal. Then they finally start making way. Then you've got Donovan Smith that goes out. Um, you've got Mike Evans, who finally you see in the first half. We haven't seen yeah. Mike Evans in the first half in the game in like three weeks. But he ends up rounding off this game with only 83 receiving yards tied with Chris Godwin. Everybody knows one problem that I'm going to say. I've said it every week. I am the broken jukebox that just won't die. You can remove my batteries and I'm still squeaking out of the corner of your house. Kate Otten, I, I like he Where's makes a catch. He makes a great catch. He bullies for some extra yards after the catch. Um, you see some people on Twitter talking about, you know, he, his his yak ability, yards after catch. And then he just disappears. So they didn't wait to pull him in in the second half. They pull him in the first half. I'm that idiot that goes on this tweeting rampage like, finally, Kate Otten in the first half to never see him again. I think if I tweet things, they do the complete opposite of it. So I'm going to try tweeting something. Reverse different. psychology. Reverse psychology. Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna flip the script on Christmas Day and see if this helps this team at all. But, yeah, as soon as I get excited to see K-Dot and a guy who helps this team, he is he's a ghost. He's Casper. You don't see him anymore. He completely disappears, which just goes back to that strategy conversation, goes back into that, that coaching conversation. And while I'm sick of harping on the coaching staff and the same old, same old that they do week in and week out, that to me feels like a momentum blow. When you have a player who's helping contribute to the team – and he's not as easy to mark as, you know, Chris Godwin or Russell Gage. It gives you a different element to your game when you involve your tight ends. I don't even know if Coquife was seen at all this game or a part of this game. And then Cameron Brake gets a pass and it gets broken up. And then it's like, that was the end of his day. I don't, I don't get it. Yeah. I think I calculate and tally all of that to momentum losses. I think that you're working against your team when, when you stop doing that stuff. And so I feel like that took the wind out of their sails coming into the second half. Obviously, we're going to talk about the big thing that everyone says was a momentum shifter, which is that uh, punt fake. I don't know why I want to call it something different. The field positioning, extremely unfortunate. Joe Burrow using his legs, extremely unfortunate. But I will say this, their secondary showed up again because they broke up a huge potential touchdown. But it goes back to weighing on the defense, putting this – this entire potential victory on the defense's back and them having yeah. to shut the four quarters, which is exhausting. Yeah, it's, I think it's like, I mean, this is a game where it's like easy to say it's the tale of two halves, you know, they, oh, yeah. I don't think that the bucks always took advantage in the first half while they did own the first half. And while their offense played significantly better than we've seen them play, um, I, I thought this was going to be a much more low scoring game. Like I, I wasn't oh. overly confident coming into this game. Uh, you guys heard it in my prediction. I'm glad I was wrong. I'm glad that the offense had something else in them. And, and still, even in that first half, there were some things that didn't happen that, you know, maybe sh should have like, you know, the missed field goal and the, maybe the field goal that should have been a touchdown or whatnot. Right. right. Like the, both of those things, can change the game but then you come out in the second half and, and it immediately it's like this you know 
a fake punt situation. And it just, it like, it feels like that sets the tone for the second half because then after that, it's just turnover, 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 right. you know, but like. But you know that takes us back to Kaylee? Yeah. That takes us back to a conversation you and I he- had here on Jolly Rogers about the fact that this team has to be able to shake off bad plays. Because yeah, they do. the reality of everyone getting so upset and frustrated with the fake punt situation and the lack of answers, um, and we're not even here to place blame on anyone or get into that whole thing, but the bottom line, <laughs> when you look at this, removing your emotion from the situation is they were still 17 and three. They yeah. were still in it. They were still in control. They were still yeah. in the driver's seat. So yeah. I think it goes beyond that situation. On your home, like on, yeah, home field, home territory, like in front of your crowd. Like this is still your I game to lose. To a higher situation of the most of, of the emotional and mental capacity of this team right now. So while everybody wanted to go bonkers about whose fault it was and what the miscue was, the bottom line is that they weren't in the driver's seat by three points. Mm-hmm. It was still a 17 and three game. You couldn't yeah. shake off a situation like that when you have a lead of 17 and three to, to, to secure the win, to move forward. I thought that was part of the whole professional level and mentality, not just the pace of the game. Not no, the- I mean, I think that is. Get off. Yeah, I, I, I think like part of the and move along. hundred percent. Part of the reason of, of being a prof- part of what makes a professional athlete better than the rest like it's not just skill but it's mentality you have to be able to be tough you have to be able to like screw something up and then yeah exactly what you're saying Casey shake it off like Mm -hmm. my husband played college baseball and he says all the time like he would like everybody has their own little thing but he would like if he made a bad play if something happened he literally would like dust himself off, like fake dust himself off and then like go back into it. And it's like, you do whatever you need to do. I don't care if it looks silly or I don't care what your ritual is. I don't care. But like, you have to be able to mentally get over whatever that was and move forward. Because if you're going to let that one thing ruin the rest, like you're already beat, you've already lost, you've already lost in here. So of course you're going to lose on the field. You should have just you have to be able to win in here before you went out there. Yeah. And it's and the and of all the lessons that this team could have learned this season, that should have been one of them. That's your memory. I we, we talked about the dog in the chest, and I made a joke about seeing a fish in the chest, but at this point, I'd rather see the fish because Dory has that short-term memory and they needed it because I don't understand yeah. how you get so overwhelmed and, and engulfed in this in this fake punt situation when you are leading 17 to three and then you give up a game to lose significantly. Yeah. I mean, it just goes back to what we said, Casey, going into this game, don't beat yourselves. Don't beat yourselves. And, and that's what it is. Like if you're going to let something bad that happens, get in your head, you've already beaten your, the other team doesn't have to do anything. Right. You beat yourselves. And that's I mean, Casey, like you're you're right. That's what happened because they got in their head. I mean, it's not like the Bengals were like doing anything and cr- crazy. The mm-hmm. Bucks beat themselves in the second half. They do the 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 botched fake punt. Okay, that happens, but they can't move on. Then there's an interception. Then there's a fumble. Then there's a fumble. 
then there's an interception. And at that point, it's 27-17. And it's like, how did the game get that out of hand? How? You went from you went from 17 to 3. You're in control of the game. Mm-hmm. And then one botched thing happens, but then after that, you turn the ball over one, two, three, four times in a row because you can't get your brain right. And now it's 27-17. You beat yourselves. The Bengals didn't even have to do anything. They just had to stay on the field, honestly. Because then, on top of beating themselves mentally and not getting over that fake punt hurdle situation and then all the turnovers that you just explained, these guys collected 58 yards of penalties. What's one thing that we said in the preview last week, Kaylee? Let's try not to get over 30 yards this week, guys. No, no, no. Let's try not to get over 30. That was a huge ask. Actually, they decided 58 yards was going to be this week's tally. Seven penalties, 58 yards. Let's just continue to gift these guys the game. They were in the Christmas spirit ahead of time. They decided. It's so frustrating, Casey, when you look at it. Because aside from, aside, like, turnovers aside, this team statistically, like, they – they still owned the game. Yeah. They had 25 first downs to the Bengals, just 20. They were like uh, the, about the same efficiency on third down as the Bengals. On fourth down efficiency, they were two for three. Also, should have been three for four and should have gone for it in the first, you know, the first drive. Uh, I still stand by that. Uh, <laughs> they only allowed one sack. They got two sacks. They only had to punt once. The Bengals had to punt four times I mean, part of that is turnovers but still i'm just saying like statistically speaking when you run through like first downs and efficiency and all the like the bucks offense they played okay until they just let it get in their head and it's just i don't know whether it's a tom brady thing i don't know whether it's just it's just this it, they don't seem confident in themselves, Casey. This is not a that's why I said a few weeks ago, like I want to see a dog in the chest. I just want to see a group of confident players that has that like edge of that has that swag. You yeah. can't beat me. I'm good. You're not gonna get in my head. I'm better than I want to see a team that has that swag. And this team, offensively speaking, they don't have it. They don't have it. No, I, I I can't really point to any single person and say consistently this person has swagger and goes out there and plays like like they're a confident player. None right. of them. None of them. And the hard part too is I know where the conversation starts next after that. <clears throat> it's you know Tom Brady, his arm, his ability, and the turnovers that he started to collect on. I I think we're hitting. I think we're sounding the alarm on an issue that's not there quite yet. And this is why, because if you look at the protection that he's had, the completion percentage that he has still been able to rise to most games and where that interception and turnover rate is Brady just started turning over the ball. He's been able to protect the ball for the most part in the situation in the situational football that he's been playing. He's been able to protect that football most of the season against some pretty tough opponents. So if you look at his interception rate last year versus this year, he's trying as hard as not to have that ball go, you know, work against them and, and, and collect those turnovers. But that's where we forget how much of a team sport this is. Is there gonna, going to be bad throws? Yeah, but he's still one of the least, 
he's still one of the quarterbacks in the league that are barely turning the ball over and, and racking up on those bad throws. It happens. I think that everyone, because of the frustration revolving around this team, gets so hyper-focused on one thing because they want it to be the answer. And it's clear as day, week in and week out, that it's not one thing. It's not Tom Brady in his arm. It's not just the offensive line. It's not just the health of these wide receivers. It's not just the defense not showing up for four quarters. It's not the offense not showing up for a half. It's so many different components. But the biggest one is always going to circle back to number numero uno in my brain. The mentality of this team is not there. This 100%. team weeks ago. They checked out weeks ago. So no matter what happens, no matter what great strides they make, this team is mentally so far gone. Like nobody's residing in Tampa Bay right now. Everybody is elsewhere. And it's very hard to keep this team in unison, in sync, on the same page for more than like 15 minutes. Yeah. And it's not going to go anywhere. We're seeing so many great comebacks in football and and, in all these other things that this team is capable of. And they shouldn't have been in a comeback position on on Sunday, but they could have done it. And I think that everyone's getting too hyper-focused on one or three parts of a very long game. Mm-hmm. We're talking about I think that you hit the nail on the head. It's it, it, to me, it comes back to mentality as well. Mm-hmm. And I, 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 I don't know. I, I hate that. I feel like I'm beating a dead horse here, but like it, I feel like Bruce Arians came in and he started changing the culture. Yeah. Because there was, uh, there was a little bit of like a defeatist, like defensive, you know, Twitter happy culture uh, on the Bucks before Bruce Arians came in, where people were not taking responsibility for themselves, they were not taking accountability for themselves. If they did something wrong, it was always someone else's fault. Um, and then they were like going out and chirping on on Twitter, and and I feel like Bruce Arians came in and he said, "No more, we're not doing that anymore. We're going to take accountability for our own selves." We're not going to sit here and chirp people on Twitter and and just run our mouths. We're going to show up on the field and we're actually going to play. We're not going to sit here and be defeated in our own, our own minds before we even step on the field. We're going to be strong mentally. I don't see any of that since Arians stepped down as a head coach. No, I I don't see any of that anywhere. I think that check out is too much of an option for these players. And I don't think it would have been a thing with Coach Arians. I, th- I agree with you 100%. Uh, and, and, and so I think that's the thing that is so frustrating is because, again, we've said it all season long. You look on paper, and this is a really good team. This is a really good team. They can do a lot of really good things, and they're not. And so you you say to yourself, well, why? And it's like mentality. That changes everything. That changes everything. Like you can look at, I'm like, not to like go on a diatribe here, but like you can look at scientific studies, like the way that you present yourself, the way that you talk, the confidence you have, like that can change your entire life. And I'm not just talking about like hooey booty, you know, like weird, like, you know, oh, say affirmations every day and you'll never get sick. Like, no, 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 no. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm saying is like, if you go around being confident and like act confidently, confidence usually shows up. Right. Even if you're not feeling it. Like if you go into a situation and you like present something confidently, it usually kind of comes around and you start to then feel, because you're not always going to feel confident. You start to then feel confident. You start to feel more confident in yourself and whatever you're doing. Right. That is what I'm talking about. 
This yeah. team doesn't have that. They're not like there is a reality of like sometimes you got to fake it before you make it. Like that's true. Yeah. Ask other athletes, talk to sports psychologists. They mm -hmm. say those things. That's real. And so it's just frustrating because I think like I feel like since the beginning of the season, what's happened is like there's a few bad things that happen and then the team gets in their head. I mean, starting with, you know, the, the injuries, right? Like, yeah. you know, your veteran center goes down a few days into training camp. And it's like before, before you even give the guy a shot, everybody's already feeling defeated in their own brains. Like, right. oh, this isn't going to be good. Oh, Tom Brady's like the pass protection is going to be terrible. And Tom, it, Tom's not going to like it. And all, everyone's before they even try it. And that has, to me, that has happened this entire season, the yeah. whole season through. And that's the biggest problem with this team. It's not actually what's happening on the field because that can be easily remedied if they change their mentality. Starts with the mental muscle.